following a weekend of wild upsets in college football and the removal of the Pro Bowl, we are back for another episode of Too Many Men. Eric, John, Trish, no Zach, no Tony. Uh, the the big betters are are off this episode. Trish, you are a lone betting representative on this week's uh, on this Tuesday's episode. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's start that now. So because we had a little minor minor debate before the the show started. Uh, the removal of the Pro Bowl. Uh, the NFL said no moss to the Pro Bowl. There'll be just flag football competitions and a series of skill comps as well. It's going to be renamed the Pro Bowl Games in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's stupid. Listen, I for one am excited to see Kirk Cousins missing wide open net, wide open uh, targets in the <laughs> skills competition not, not, for a not, week though. Not, not even a minute in and we're already already on the slander. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, listen, your team won this week, so it's I can't I have to get I, I can't I can't I can't have to get it out of the way. bullshit fashion too. It was it was a big come from behind win. Fuck that win. That was bullshit. Uh, hey, the win's a win. No Pro Bowl for the first time since 1951. By the way, mm. been that long. long overdue. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the whole like. Oh, let's make it like a week of whatever. If you're gonna get rid of it, get rid of it. Yeah, and if you're gonna replace it with something, replace it with something completely different. Don't try and like limp it on in this weird, whatever the hell this shit is. Like, just let it die. <laughs> a slow, painful death. Yeah, no that's way. really all you're doing. Uh, but yeah, no more Pro Bowl. I assume like. Do you'll still get like announcements for like who would have made the team per se? Um, but yeah, like no, all starts, yeah, like fan voting, yeah, no more, uh, no more actual game. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the upsets in college football. Miami, the U losing by 25 and a half to Middle Tennessee is tough, Jeez. that's a tough one, and Kansas State whooped Oklahoma. What was uh? What's Oklahoma ranked right now? They were number six. Oh, that's that's got to sink them, right? Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely not going to do them any favors losing to <laughs> losing to Kansas State. But in their new AP poll, Oklahoma fell from six all the way down to eighteen. Yikes! With the loss, and Kansas State actually moved into the top twenty-five. Um, yeah, well, that that's a pretty big win for an underdog. Oh, big time. I was at the Rutgers game on Saturday, and that was just ugly. I that I had heard now, like I didn't, I did not see the final score for that game. Give me, give me the the, the short version of it. What happened? All right, TLDW. Too long didn't watch. Um, <laughs> Rutgers took a seven nothing or a three nothing lead. Everything was looking good. You know, Rutgers was you know they were doing okay, and then they. And then Evan Simon threw a pick six. And then there was a fumble that was sent to the other way for a touchdown. And Rutgers did not win the overhead, though. The over-under was 33 going in. Uh, but Rutgers did not pull away with the victory. They lost to Iowa, a struggling Iowa team, and they lost 27 to 10. That is a big yikes. Yeah, at home, too. And they got Ohio State on Saturday. Oh, that's not, at, that's going to be a tough one. And that is that in Ohio State or at Ohio North? State? Yeah, <laughs> at the Ohio State. Jeez. So there's your your minor college football news. Um, I just find it funny where Tony said, "Please God, no upsets," and then Oklahoma loses and the U loses. Hey, uh, speak speak it into existence. 
you know, yeah. he's cursed. So let's talk about last week's slate of NFL games. We already did. I assume you guys did the Thursday night game on um, on Friday show. Yes. While I was, while I was, um, while I was absent. Um, so let's start off with the division rivals in the NFC South, the new Orleans saints versus the Carolina Panthers Panthers pull away 22, 14, uh, James Winston threw for 350 yards in the loss. Wow. Uh, tough day for Kamara. Um, but the Panthers get the first win, uh, under the Baker Mayfield era. Not really in much in parts of Baker Mayfield. I mean, the defense, if I recall, scored a touchdown for the Panthers. They did. In this game, Baker, 12 of 25, uh, completion percentage, uh, at less than 50%. And I think like 170 yards has not looked sharp the last few weeks for Carolina. Yeah, they got the win. So you really can't complain too much. But I mean, I mean, it's comparing last year, even Darnold looked better than Baker so far in the first three weeks of last year. That's saying something. That's speaking volumes. Uh, there's Jameis Winston, two fumbles. Alan Kamara lost one as well. Um, but Carolina gets the gets the win. Um, yeah, I want, I, want to ask you guys, I want to ask you guys something about Baker Mayfield. What do you think that his, like, the lack of production from his players like McCaffrey... Uh, and DJ Moore, like, and like, also like when he was on the Browns, like Beckham and Nijoku and guys who like who are like now on other teams having great like pr- great production without Baker, but it seems like Baker's holding these guys back. Do you agree? Um, I mean, it's certainly there's certainly the argument for it, you know, um, because I'm looking at Carolina right now, one and two, and they don't look like they're really going anywhere, um. But the thing with Baker is, I think that injury hurt him more than we think. You know, I mean, playing through it, man, I could, I could totally see that impacting him. You know, like he really should have just. I mean, the Browns had obviously didn't like have his health in mind. You know, they weren't really caring about him as if he were the quarterback of the future. So they just let him sacrifice his body, and you know, it seems like that might have had an impact, like you're saying. Yeah, but this game, honestly, this was ugly. This is one of the uglier games of the weekend. Uh, New Orleans is traveling to London to take on Minnesota uh, on Sunday, too. What time does that start? 9.30? 9.30. I don't want to get up at 9.30 to watch my team, but I'm going to do it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of games that were ugly, uh, let's talk about the Texans and the Bears, one game that I think all of us were not looking forward to. Um, and it went the way of the Bears on a buzzer beater field goal by Cairo Santos. And absolutely embarrassing show for the Bears. Yeah. And I will say this neither neither team should be proud of themselves after that. Neither one. team neither team deserved to win. But I I think you can make an argument that definitely Fields did not deserve to win. I mean, you're highlighting the stat line now, Eric, if you want to read that that one first. Yeah, so so since we're recording on Zoom, I'm trying to screen share uh, with NFL.com. Justin Fields, 8 for 17, 106 yards and two picks. The Bears as a team, uh, here's, a, here's your fun stat for you in the absence of Zach. The Bears have attempted 45, less than 45 passes as a team in three weeks. Really taking it back to the, you know, 50s era of football. Yeah, and I'm l- looking right now. Khalil Herbert, 20 carries on the ground, but David Montgomery hurt with an injury. 
you know, taken out yeah. early. And man, you know, if the Bears weren't down bad enough, that's not helping matters. I mean, Khalil Herbert is no slouch. He's definitely, you can, as you can see by his stats, st- stepped up in the absence of Montgomery. But, you know, you have to see how much of that is, you know, them not prepping for him, you know, as like number one back. You know, if they can game plan around him, stack the box, we'll see. Yeah, and let's take a look at things from the Houston perspective. Uh, not much as far as things on the ground. Um, but I'm looking right now, you know, Chris Moore, it's a quiet day for Brandon Cooks. For um, some reason, it's not showing up on there, but uh, Damian Pierce broke yeah. out a little bit. He had actually 90 yards and a touchdown. It's I was going to say, am I, am I missing something? Because I don't see Damian Pierce here on NFL.com. He, he's, not, he's not respected enough yet, but what, they'll, they sleep. They, they sleep. They sleep on Damian Pierce. Uh, yeah, like I said, neither team should be really overly proud of themselves. Texans, one of two winless teams in the season while the bears are tied with the Packers and Vikings somehow for first place in the NFC North. One Uh, of those teams is not like the other. (laughs) There was an imposter among us. Well, we have, we've had our fair share of upsets so far in the NFL season. And I think this was certainly one of them. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts. Who we... How do you how do you go from getting absolutely embarrassed by Jacksonville to beating the Chiefs to beating the Chiefs? I don't like, I don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And and Kansas City, how do you let a team that got embarrassed embarrassed like zero goose egg against Jacksonville? How do you lose to that team? What do you yeah. do? And and the thing was this: this game was close throughout like Kansas City never pulled away Indy kept right in with them but the thing is this like I'm looking at the stats right now Mahomes threw for 262 yards okay that's you know whatever quiet day for Kelsey uh Juju leading the team in in, uh yards kind of expected Hilaire's been pushed as that receiving back but yeah how does this one happen Thing is, you gotta also account Kelsey dropped two touchdowns that he that are like gimmies for him normally. You know, like wide open, right in his bread basket. And you no, know, normally like guys like of his caliber don't miss miss on those types of plays. And he was really freaking down on himself afterwards. So expect two touchdowns for Travis Kelsey next week. So I'm saying, expect it. Expect expect it. You you won't you won't say expect us for Tua, but for Kelsey getting two touchdowns all of a sudden, ooh. I'm still I'm still not on the Tua bandwagon. That was listen, that was a fluke. That entire win. I'll I'll get to that though. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay. But um, you want to talk about why the Chiefs lost, Stretch? You you had the question as to why the Chiefs lost. Yeah. I'm looking at the rushing stats. Mahomes was the team's leading carrier, uh, ball carrier with only 26 yards on the ground. Mm. You know, that's, that's not going to win you games. You know, so the thing is this, right? The Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round of the draft in 2020. In the second round, the Colts took Jonathan Taylor. Imagine if Jonathan Taylor was in that Kansas City backfield. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I mean, you can just, I mean, that's probably back-to-back Super Bowls, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's it's just remember when in 2018 for that first half of that year when they still had Kareem Hunt before his first suspension, they looked unstoppable. 
I feel yeah. like just with Jonathan Taylor, that'd be that plus another level, especially because they still had Hill and Kelsey then. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Colts right now. You know, Matt Ryan threw for 222 yards, definitely not laying the world on fire, but he did enough to get in the win. And it was really the Colts defense, too. Ronnie McLeod, of course, he picked off Patrick Mahomes, and the Colts pulled away with the victory. They are now one, one, and one. Hey, a win's a win. I mean, at least they're not in the bottom of the division now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right, John. Let's let's right. let's go over your your fluke win here. The Miami Listen. Dolphins beating the Buffalo Bills 21-19. And by the way, I do want to give Tony credit. I do want to give him credit. He did pick the Dolphins to win, and we thought he was crazy. And I believe somebody else picked the Dolphins to win. I want to say it was Zach. Not 100% sure, though. Um, yeah, Zach picked the Dolphins to win, too. So they both picked Miami to win. With that said, I did not expect it to for them to beat Buffalo. I stuns me. Yeah, well, it took you know almost half of Buffalo's like starting defense and offensive line and receivers to die for them to do it. But yeah, they they did get the win. Not entirely convinced that you know it was that earned of a win. You know, I think it was a bit of a fluke. But and I'll expl- I'll explain. So listen. The bill, there's 60 minutes of game time. The Bills had possession of the ball on offense for over 40 minutes. I go to, can you go to the Bills' stats real quick? I need to see how many passes Josh Allen threw. Look at that. He attempted to throw the ball 63 times. Two weeks only threw the passes for 400 yards. 400 yards and two touchdowns. There's a few, there's a few major plays you can look at this game and they're Buffalo wins either way if they, if these two plays happen. If, they don't have a miscommunication at the last play before halftime and they run out of time before they can kick a field goal to go up, which would have been another three points, which would have been enough to win. If you, if you just go like by that, yeah, technically butterfly effect, different game. I just, but pulled up that. The, uh, I just pull up the play by play of that drive and it, it, you can see where the, the, uh, the miscommunication was when they get to the Isaiah McKenzie and then the nine yard pass to Diggs, and they just didn't have enough time to attempt a field goal after that. Exactly. Like then, and then you go to the last play of the game, you know, where, where McKen- again, McKenzie, I believe, uh, I think he was targeted and he tried. So what he tried to do was, you know, he's a fast guy. He's a fast receiver, speedy guy. He tried to make a cut inside for a little bit extra yardage for that field goal, but he uh, tried, but before he can cut back out, he was tackled in bounds and they didn't have enough time to get the, you know, to, yeah, to you know, snap the ball and uh, down it, you know, and get the field goal. But, you know, I feel like, I mean, what do, what do you think? Do you really think the Dolphins are that impressed you that much with this game? I mean, they beat Buffalo, who was widely considered to, and in my opinion, still is the favorite to be the Super, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, this, you want to talk about statement wins, especially for Mike McDaniel, a first-year coach, that's big. And I also saw in that last drive, the 10-yard offensive holding penalty how much of a difference do you think that would have made as well that too but like you really think that it's like that much of a statement win when my like when the bills have are dealing with so many injuries like they were starting three guys in their secondary like who combined had a total of three starts between them for this game because of the injuries to micah hyde and poyer well, so, a, a win's a win 
it doesn't matter you know where it comes from you still beat buffalo who in the past two games looked like they were about to steamroll the entire league and not slow down so that is correct showing that they're human is important and and the thing is this you you deal with injuries in the playoffs too you know but okay that's true but i mean like if you're you can't look at us you can't like consider being like oh we beat the Buffalo Bills. Like if like if this team like played the Chiefs in the playoffs and they got like and they and they and they lost, right? You people wouldn't be like, oh, that, that like that's the bill. Like they'd be like, oh, okay, that's it. Listen, it's still early in the season. It's only week three, but the thing is, this this proves that Miami can at least hold strong with Buffalo. You know. You know, they might not let's let's say whenever they play in Buffalo next, I think it's much, much later in the season. Let's say Buffalo wins that game 30 to 20. Everybody's healthy. We're fine. Of course, they're not gonna make a hide out for the year, but let's say they win 30 to 20. They would have at least held strong with Buffalo. And that's what they did here. Now they won, especially after a butt punt, which is an early contender for my favorite play of the season so far. That was insane. That was wild. Like that made no sense. <laughs> and I'm upset that Thomas Morstead in our in our uh, keeper league did not get more points for that. Well, how would he get points for a safety? Yeah, I. Well, I was like, you know, I was like, oh man, maybe the butt punt, you know, points for creativity. No. <laughs> um, but still, big win for the. Uh, this is again for Mike McDaniel. This is the. This is the defining win so far. All right. I think you don't think I think the comeback's a little bit more impressive just with yeah. based on all the injuries, but no, definitely definitely it's a good win. I'm not gonna discount the fact that a win is a win. I just definitely think that people should not be like, oh, Miami's the team to look out for. It's still Buffalo. It's always gonna oh, be Buffalo to me. Yeah, and that's the thing. We we never said that Miami is still the favorite. It's still Buffalo. The, the the AFC still runs well. I think the AFC runs through Kansas City and Buffalo, but Kansas City did not do themselves any favors. Um, but Buffalo, the way they've looked the first two weeks, fantastic. Losing to Miami, a little bit of a blow, but if anybody can recover, it's Josh Allen and company. Yeah, I definitely would agree though. It's a statement for Miami just announcing that they are one of the top in the AFC. You know, they they might not be. They, I don't know if they'll take the division, you know, if they're going to be good enough to take that from Buffalo, but they're definitely going to be a, no, a team no one wants to face in the in January. I'll say that much. That is that is correct. I think either team is one you don't want to face in January. All right, Trish, 100%. the game that made you very mad. This was bullshit. Let me tell you. Let's just let's just appreciate, okay, for a moment, the fact that this Detroit Lion team this year is different than any Lions team we've seen in, I'd say, the last, like, 15 years. They are keeping with their competitors. They look like they're – they look really sharp. They were going to beat Minnesota, but a couple of bullshit plays and a couple of bullshit calls, and they get the late comeback from behind garbage time football win. Uh, (laughs) Garbage time football win, huh? That's garbage what it was. time. It's got it was a one-score one, game. A one-score game is now garbage time. It was garbage time. <laughs> also, let's let's not pretend that we just did lose to this team last year on a walk-off touchdown. It's true. 
you know. Yeah, but it's just it, something, you know, this Detroit team feels different. Every game they're losing, they're not – I don't think they've lost this season by more than five points. And You, you know, like Detroit worried me coming into this week. You know, I had I had the little like little birdie in the back of my head saying you're going to lose to Detroit, you're going to lose to Detroit. And again, I was like, you know, it, last year was different. Last year I was upset when they lost to Detroit. This year, you lose to Detroit. I don't think it's that big a deal at home. Yeah, that that one would have stung. But yeah, you Trish told you himself the Minnesota Vikings came back from behind from ten points down twice uh, to defeat Detroit, uh, twenty eight twenty four. Um, Dalvin Cook exited the game early with a shoulder injury. Uh, Swift but you're also. right. What was that? Swift as well. Swift as well. Yeah. And if both running backs are out for multi, apparently Swift might be out two weeks. That's going to hurt. Um, but you're right about this Detroit team. This Detroit team is different than in prior years, um, even in the loss. And they're getting Jameson Williams back in a couple weeks. But, man, I will tell you this. I watched that final drive, and Osborne was wide open on that touchdown. Who was, uh, in, who was in coverage on that? I know really impressive game for Okuda. He really seemed to have uh, Jefferson kind of giving him fits the entire yeah, and day. That's, and that's two rough – not rough, but that's two games in a row where Jefferson struggled. First against Darius Slay, now against Jeff Okuda. Yeah, my fantasy team is is feeling it. <laughs> you're you're feeling it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Minnesota gets the win. Um, a big win. And I will say this: you don't win this game if Mike Zimmer's still the coach. Oh no, his his conservative play calling doesn't let, doesn't even let him. You guys get up, get the chance to take the lead. You're probably like still running the football and you run out of clock. Oh, they probably just run Madison into the ground at that point, but. Yeah, um, a really, a really good statement, like come from behind win, you know, and that's what this team needed for a while was a come from behind win and they got one. Um, and again, Minnesota's that other team going to London, um, you know, early flight. But yeah, really good day um, for the Vikings. Jared Goff, you know, and you want to talk about improvements in Detroit. Jared Goff's improved too. He's got that dog in him. I mean, I like you can just like say, I think like that the one thing that's clear with him is he's finally getting over the mental anguish of being traded by the Rams and like what that must have done, like him, them like giving up on him. I feel like he's finally able to move on with MCDC I think the at fact the helm. That Detroit stuck by him in the draft this year, you know, instead of trying to get a quarterback, which I know there wasn't a very deep quarterback draft this year, but uh, instead of getting a quarterback, they went out and got him help at the wide receiver position, they did try to improve the O-line a little bit in the off season. So, uh, you know, they're trying to build around Jared Goff. And I think that gives him confidence to proceed for the future. Yeah. And yeah. we said it last week about the, the, the mental aspects of being the number one pick in Los Angeles, especially when a team just moved to Los Angeles and how Detroit's the fit for him. I mean, he threw for 277 yards still. That's not a bad day by any means. He was pretty good, and they also lost his main weapon, the Ross St. Brown, leaving halfway through with injury. I think questionable for next week right now. But yeah. impressive game for him, even without his number one receiver. Couldn't get the win, though. Speaking of players that went down due to injury, Mac Jones out oh. for multiple weeks, and the Patriots lost 
to Baltimore, 37-26. It is assumed that it'll be Brian Hoyer for the next couple of games for Bill Belichick and the crew. Mac Jones threw for 321 yards, but three interceptions on the day, no touchdowns, eek. And listen, that's not like, I mean, obviously you don't want any players to like get hurt and it's terrible that he got hurt like that in garbage time. But even ex- like excusing like the, everything that happened with before that in the game, like before his injury, he, he has not looked sharp to start this year. And I think you have to blame Matt Patricia for just not helping him at all. And like the Patriots organization for not really supporting him. I mean, I feel like the only thing that they've done in the last year well, that that guy right there, Devontae Parker. That's the only, I think, addition that they've added to the Patriots' I mean, wide receiving core. I mean, actually look, help him, and he's look, only another like wide wide receiver too at best. Look at this receiving core that I just highlighted here: Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Ramondre Stevenson, who's a running back, Johnny Smith, and Hunter Henry. Like that is just it's Listen, not going to get it done. Like I, I like I really want to know like how many catch catches as John U. Smith had this year I can he cannot be living up to that contract that they gave him last year they like they paid him top tight end money for a guy who's never had over 500 career yards in a season and I understood he's got seven receptions oh my god and there's a zero right there against the Steelers for 58 yards yeah that's that's it and you know, John, you mentioned it. He hadn't had 500 yards in the season. The reason that they paid him all that money as we look at his career stats right now is that eight trips to the end zone in 2020. Yeah. That's really happened? it. Like, I think, and of course, you know, it's funny, the one touchdown of the year, of course, you know, him getting it against the Jets just makes so much sense last year, but. <laughs> of course, uh, it does. Of course. Like them. I'm just saying like him and I believe Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry had a productive year last year, but this year is not so much rickets. Like, I, I don't know what it, what's going on with, like with Belichick and that Patriots front office. Like, why did they think that Matt Patricia and Joe judge were their best options for create coming up with this new offense for uh, their second year quarterback? It just does not make sense to me. The same thing. I mean, we already talked about the Bears before, but I also wonder about with them. You know, like why do why are these teams actively setting up their quarterbacks to fail? <laughs> to fail, yeah. And of course, we gotta take the receiving core of the Patriots with a little bit of a grain of salt with no Jacoby Myers. But again, it seems like the Patriots have been linked to Odell Beckham forever, right? And now again, of course, torn ACL. But like, why? You had so many receivers available in the first round of last year's draft, and you didn't do anything with it. You took Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, right? Yeah. Like, like, you, were, you were laughed at by Sean McVay for that pick. Now, granted, it's a Belichick staple to reach in the first round of the draft with his first pick, but still, you had a lot of good options on the board. Christian Watson was still on the board. Just saying. And it, it, it also doesn't help, though, that their uh, rookie receiver, uh, I think, what's Tyquan Thornton, I believe Tyquan his name Thornton, is? yeah. Yeah, in the second round they got him. Yeah, missing four weeks to start the year. I believe he's yeah. on IR at the moment. Yeah. He had some, some injury in the preseason. So it's unfortunate. But, I mean, now it's just a terrible situation for that team all around, which, oh, you know, I'm so obviously disappointed for, you know. I know. Your heart, your heart breaks for New England, John. I know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Not another great day for Lamar. 
Five touchdowns Touched today. Four Dude, touchdowns he... and one on the ground. 11 it's carries for 107 yards. Um, he's having his Aaron Judge here, man. Yeah. Like, pay me. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. Mark Andrews, eight receptions, 89 yards, two scores on 13 targets. 13 That's... targets for Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, he's he's the man, Drews, man. Like that's he's, he's insane. Yeah, Baltimore right now looks like a very, very, very solid team. They just got to get that defense, defense back in shape. All right, John. I don't got much to say about this. <laughs> Explain this, no, John. Like... How does it feel to uh, not score a touchdown? What do you mean, man? Only kick field goals, my man. Well, you 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 should know. You've had plenty of games like that the last year. 12 wow. points though, no touchdowns. That's impressive. Listen, you you know you know what it's like. Okay, we have an inept coaching staff. We're playing, we're playing with our backup injury. This is like when you guys were starting Jake Fromm hey, last hey, year. So don't hey, give me what hey, happened whoa, whoa. last week. Joe Flacco was elite. What he did against the Browns was insane. Even this week, 28 for 52. That's you know. Uh, hey. Listen, 185 I, yards, two interceptions. Listen, uh, I'll tell you, you I'll, t- I'll tell you the story, okay. I don't know if you saw this on the broadcast, but Joe Flacco and again his career in Cincinnati, it's it's not been the prettiest, man. It's not been it, the prettiest, you know, stat line. 21 touchdowns, I believe now with no touchdowns and two interceptions added. It's to 27 inter- intercept uh, 21 touchdowns to 27 interceptions. Mm. Not a great, not a great ratio, man. Well, that's you know, that's Jets quarterbacks historically. Well, that a great touchdown well, also, you know, the thing Very is though, that also that also kind of makes sense that Flacco's stat line is as bad as it is against Cincinnati, because when he was in Baltimore in his quote unquote prime, so to speak, um, you know, Cincinnati was a good football team. They were a playoff team. That's fair. Yeah. But so were the Ravens a lot of those years, too. It's his, it's his kryptonite. It's like Kirk Cousins and Monday Night Football. It's Joe Flacco and the Bengals. Uh, I mean, listen. Just I, I'll, I will say this: I I am this close to being done with Robert Sala. I am really? this close to flipping on oh. that man. Wow! He, I, listen, oh. I will say this: it took less than a season John. and a half. Wow! Seriously, listen. No, what are you, are you kidding me, man? Like, like, have you watched him? This man is a seller of snake oil so far. Okay, with everything <laughs> that he is, but that he has brought to my franchise, he promised. He promised a great defense. One of the best schemes ever. Like, you know, he's that like, and what well, well, you know what he brings to us? He brings Carl Obrick from the freaking Atlanta Falcons to be our defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's not we have the 32nd, we have the 32nd defense in the NFL two years in a row so far. So yeah, I have a little bit of reason to be pissed, especially when he's put spent that much money in our D line and our secondary in the last in the last year. Like we have no excuse to have be getting the results that we have on the field. When you see teams that are rebuilding on the fly, like the Lions and the Dolphins and the Jaguars, and they're having wins like impressive wins, like the Jaguars that against the Char- Chargers last week, and the team and the team you played, by the way, too. They were one. In, they were zero and two, man. Like, think about this. But Burrow was sacked six. What was it? Ten times in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, can Can you look at our defense real quick? How many sacks did we get on him? I think it was only two, and it was. And that you know, might one be from ranking, one from Sheldon Rankins, one from Quinn Williams. Yeah, that is unacceptable. Those all came, by <laughs> the way, in the end of the second half, the first half, yeah. too. So, like, 
no, like when there is no like we're already down i believe like 21 to 9 or some shit at like that at point you know like this was a game that was very winnable you know our defense that has been playing like okay at times there has there has been a change in the difference this team from last year to to this year in that the team is competitive we're staying in these games but we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot and it's the same old thing you know like and that's why I'm saying if Salva doesn't get this together, I really think that he needs to either take over defensive play calling or if we lose to the Steelers, he needs to be on the hot seat. And I don't know. We need this is um, we need an offensive coach after this and not a freaking Adam Gase offensive guru. We need a legitimate <laughs> like a mind for this shit. You know, like you uh, get someone... off- there's a difference between an offensive mind and an offensive guru, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen. Like I don't want someone whose just like only attribute is being the the guy who holds the clipboard next to Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I don't want a Nathaniel Hackett or an Eric Bieniemy on my team next year if we end up firing Salah. I hope to God he can turn it around, but he is not inspiring a lot of confidence at this point. And I'm saying, Kellen Moore. He wants Kellen Moore. No, doesn't. No, don't do don't do that to me, man. Oh man, T- tough, tough, tough week, John. Yeah, well, Garrett Wilson looks good, man. I'll say that he, you know, I thought he, was, I thought he was hurt, but still had a pretty solid game. Man, Trish, miss. Trish, did you think two years ago it would be week three in his second year that John would say I'm this close to being done with Robert Sala? No, and I mean, listen, I think John's being a little harsh. Uh, I think he's trying to move on from this head coach a little fast. <laughs> You think I'm being a little... You guys think I'm He's, being harsh? No, Be I don't think you're being harsh. I recognize you've seen some shit. That's what no, I, I understand as a Jets fan, you've seen it all, you've heard it all, whatever. You've been down this road before. But how many people are going to want to keep taking jobs with the Jets if you're just going to get in, have a year, and then if things aren't immediately better, you're fired? Like, what kind of message as an organization is that going to send to other head coaches, prospective people that are going to so, work for you. If you think are they really going to want like, are the top talent coaches going to really want to work for the jets? If the jets are just hiring you for a year and a half and then saying, okay, you're not producing gone. Listen, if you think I'm advocating for this guy to be fired mid season, you're wrong, man. Like who, like, who do you, you think? just hold on? Did you know? I said, I, I said he should be on the hot seat. Yes. But it doesn't mean the hot seat means like Adam Gase, bro. He was on the hot seat perpetually for all of 2020. And as soon as That's he, true. as soon as it's, as soon as the next, as what was it, they call it Black Monday, you know, the Sunday after the season ends, he got fired as he should have been. The Johnsons, you know, for, for all, I don't know if that I really respect it or not. I mean, I feel like Adam Gase definitely deserved to be fired like week right, three of that year. It, but they don't fire coaches. They don't fire coaches until week, the end of the season. That's just how they do it. It's right. annoying, but. But then calling it the hot seat is a little facetious. No, is it, you're not it, putting it, any type of heat on him. He's not going to get fired until the season's over. So yeah, saying, say, oh, that's, you're on the hot seat. That doesn't mean shit. You're, you I mean, it's be, a hot seat. You, not, well, I mean, the thing is this. You can't be on the hot seat week three on September 27th and then wait another three months to do something. That's not a very hot seat, John. Yeah. Listen, Listen, like Frank, if you're gonna, you, you listen, say if this, you're gonna the, put him the, on the hot seat. That means he's fired if he doesn't win the next fucking. I, I will say this: Frank Wright last week, argument should have been that he was on the hot seat. Robert Sala, the thing is this: the Jets are a young team. He's a young coach. 
you know, all that you want to see out of the Jets this year. You're not expecting playoffs. You're expecting steps forward. And he's already, I was talking to Tony about this before the season even started. Robert Sala already has an extra year of him because of Joe Flacco starting these first four games, because the argument can be made that Zach Wilson, and again, not a good argument, but it's an argument that Zach Wilson could have made this team better had he been playing. Do I think that's the case? I'm not sure. He's going to play that up and down in front of management, though. Oh, I didn't have my guy. Oh, if I only had my guy, just wait till next season. I'll have my guy. And then, and then, and then that guy is going to play like shit. So then he's going to go in front of them and he's going to go, Oh, well, this guy's not the dude. Let's, let's draft the next quarterback coming down the block. And then the Jets cycle repeats itself. I was going to say, they have to stop doing this cycle sooner or later. No, because here's the thing you don't understand. Okay. It's some cost fallacy to think that the only reason you should stink, stay with something that's act, actually proven to be shit is because, oh, it's it's new and it, it still doesn't work out. Bro, at a proven point, at a certain point, man, you can look at other coaches around the league, like freaking Mike McDaniels, man, who's the youngest coach, I think, in the league at the moment, and he's coming in right, right off the bat and impressing everyone, man. And he's the doing thing, the thing that he's touted for, the being other, on offensive mind. Now, the other, is, thing, the other thing is this, though. Mike McDaniel had a much better roster coming in. Than the Jets did. Yeah, but okay, this year it's the, I I got last year I give you that excuse with Salah. Sure, okay. this year you need to get he had that's what I'm saying. He has to get his shit together. I cannot express that enough. Now again, he, there's he, not too much talent on this team to have the results that I am seeing week to week. That's the thing. It's not the 27 points that Cincinnati scored. It's the 12 points the Jets scored. Yeah, so am, I, yeah. am I getting this right? That, that is true that in this particular game, but you also have to make an argument for the fact that our defense in, well, yeah, yes, Joe Flacco has played like shit, but our defense in the Browns game, for example, was dismal. I mean, we, like, let them walk, drive up the field. The only reason we won that game is because of a lucky break. Okay, yes, we did everything right after, like, the mixed extra point and the touch. And the, and the onside kick and everything, we had to do everything right. And so I'll give ourselves credit for the win, you know, for getting that, for fighting I'm, back. I'm also, but, you know, we had like, we're, we're, we, that was gifted to us. But if you guys look, I'm also seeing these stats too. Fumbles lost, two. Interceptions thrown, two. That's four turnovers right there. Joe yeah. Flacco has been, Joe Flacco was a problem this week. That definitely didn't help. But I mean, just, I'm, I'm just like, there's two big plays for me. There is the touchdown to Tyler Boyd where, yep miscommunications because of the safeties. And again, there's a wide open touchdown to Marcus Joyner uh, to Jamar Chase. Again, due to miscommunications. Sala giving the most infuriating quote that I've heard from, since, from a Jets front office member since Adam Gase saying that, oh yeah, and any given, any given team's going to have nine or eight miscommunications on a given day. We just got, we just got a bit bad on, two weeks in a row like, or like we, we've just got, gotten on the bad side of that two week for two weeks, you know, with the Baltimore loss and the Bengals loss. And if that's the attitude you have as the head coach and you're not trying to take accountability for how the way your team is playing, then I'm just like, that's, that's the thing that's most frustrating to me. Not so much about how the team is going to be growing pains. Of course, I understand that, but there's the lack of only up to that, you know, he's just like, Oh yeah, no, that shit happens, you know, be like, Oh, well, they, they they effed up or I effed up. You know I gotta make the, I have to prepare them better. 
Yeah. Yeah. And man, the phrase all gas, no brakes is still living in your head, huh? One Jets drive is a crime against humanity. <laughs> okay. Because that is prop that is essentially propaganda. And then it, and, it gives and you hope. Wa- it gives and you kids hope watch that shit too. Kids watch that shit too. That's what that's the worst part about it. I went to training camp. You were there too, Eric. There mm-hmm. are a lot of kids there. That's messed up. Who does that to them? <laughs> Man, this a week three loss to Cincinnati, and you are already almost at your breaking point. I'm I'm telling you, man. If we lose this game to the Steelers with Zach Wilson coming back, I will I will reach levels of uh, done. You will not even know. Well, I was week, I, I'm just week three, bro. It's, it's week four, bro. It doesn't matter, man. It's just have you seen the Steelers the last few weeks? If we cannot beat that yeah, team, but to give the you know give them a chance to get their footing. I I had this meme saved on Twitter from 2021. And it's and it's so accurate. It's a timeline. The offseason begins. The Jets have a great free agent class and the draft in the fans' view. The first episodes of one Jets drive drops, and they're winning nine games. Yep. The Jets lose a bunch of embarrassing games. <sighs> Jets win a few games they really shouldn't, lose a bunch of games again. End the season with a few teams winning against end the season with a few wins versus teams that are sitting starters. I saved that on Twitter about a year ago. I don't know who it was from, but the accuracy of that is stark. The the best one I saw was uh like a guy since 2018. This this TikTok, it's like, man, the jet oh, our defense looked good. Man, if only our O-line could get it together. And then it's like our defense looked good a year later. If only our whole life get it together. It's just every year, man. How do we keep pouring money to the same positions and having the same problems? That's that's the scary part, you know. And we'll get to the Jet Steelers game when we do we do our picks, but we should uh, we should another, move on. I've, I'm, I'm done with the team for today. <laughs> well, John, think about this. At least you're not 0 3 like the Raiders are. Somehow, uh, some way. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Best I think three team. Yeah, I didn't think any of us expected them to be the last 0-3 team. But here they are after a 24-22 loss to Tennessee. And this is a Titans team that just got shit rocked by Buffalo last week on Monday Night Football. Now they have a home game against the Raiders and they beat them. Needed that momentum a little bit, but I think this is more just, let's talk about the Raiders here. How are they 0-3? Mainly, I'm looking at the Devontae Adams, 36 yards and 48 yards over two weeks. Like, yeah, so maybe, you know, it was Aaron Rodgers making him look good. Maybe maybe it was. I I, I think you got to blame McDaniels, man. If you have a, ta- a talented receiver like that, I mean, Adams is open. Adams can, is getting open. You got to scheme. like You have to, like, scheme, like, plays where, like, Carr is making the reads and, like, is get it like Adams is open immediately, you know. I'm looking right now. Matt Collins should not have the same amount of targets as Devontae Adams. Darren Waller should not have the same amount of targets as Foster Moreau. That right there is the start of the problems. Did I, did I miss a Hunter Renfro injury? At, at like, did he did he get hurt after that play in Arizona? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he played or not. I this was not one of the games that I really had my my eye on. Yeah, me neither. Um, 
yeah, he was out, and so was Denzel Perriman. So that's why Matt Collins took the role as the top receiving option opposite Devontae Adams. Um, Stepped up pretty well in that case, I would say. Been a hard year. Been a hard year so far for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and trust me, as a fantasy owner, I know. <laughs> On the flip side, hey, Derrick Henry's back. Is he? Wait, what are yeah. you? Oh, yeah. 20, 20 carries, 85 yards, and touchdowns, and five catches for nearly 60 yards in the backfield. Wow. Known, rece- known receiving back, Derrick Henry. <laughs> no. Dontrell Hilliard in shambles. <laughs> well, yeah, there goes Dontrell Hilliard's uh, run in Tennessee. Uh, anyway, Titans get the win, first win of the season for the uh, for the team from Nashville. Now let's go to the other team that's 3-0. Carson Wentz's first game against his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was not a pretty sight for Commander Carson. 211 yards, couldn't throw for any touchdowns, a 24-8 loss. My favorite stat about Carson Wentz in this game is before halftime, he actually was like three for eight for like negative three passing yards. <laughs> Had a hell of a second half. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was just looking at. You know, and look at the look at the targets here. Jeannie McKissick, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, nine, ten, nine. He feeds his receivers. I'll I'll say that. You know, he's good for fantasy. I don't know about winning games, but there's the other one, a fumble loss as well. Wasn't a safety? It was a safety in this game. Yeah, there I was believe, a safety. Right? There was a safety. All oh, right. Well, nine sacks, by the way, of Carson Wentz by the Eagles defense. Unbelievable. Like the, he was he was like running for his life the entire game. Brandon Graham, two and a half of them. Hassan Reddick, one and a half. Fletcher Cox, one and a half. Josh Sweat, one and a half. And the Eagles behind Jalen Hurts who has come on strong to start the year. Tony is in shambles. Hertz has looked every bit the part of like a top like five MVP candidate so far this year. I'll say you, it three weeks in. Do you think Jalen Hurts like listens to our podcast and knows, hey, that no. Tony guy, he's doubting me this year. I don't think he, he listens to about it. Tony. I think he's going to be more concerned about all the all the doubt he was getting from like ESPN all offseason. Yeah. Uh, are are you not putting Tony on the level of ESPN? No, no, I'm sorry. I don't think <laughs> listen, we are on the level of ESPN. No, listen, he plays for Philly. He he consumes all of the hate and he like listens to it while he's walking up the tunnel before the game. I think he knows exactly what Tony thinks, and he's doing this. This is his revenge tour against us, to be honest. Right. right. You you know the next episode Tom's on, it's gonna be the I told you so. Oh yeah. I mean, his boy Carson Wentz did not look great. Anyway, the Eagles, 3-0, and one of only two undefeated teams after week three. Uh, yeah, let's explain How the Jaguars. about that? Explain Who? the Jaguars winning 38-10. to uh, Good for them, by the way. Good for them. I'm very happy that they were able to come away with the win here. Oh, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very happy that my boy Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like a good investment now. I drafted him in my Dynasty League uh, last year, and it was looking like a bad bet. Now it's starting to look okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is what happens to your team when Oscar Meyer is not at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Meyer. <laughs> I mean, great game for James Robinson and having yeah. an amazing bounce back year off a torn Achilles. 
yeah. making ETN really look like a terrible pick, honestly. And, and you guys are seeing it right now. They almost split the carries. Yeah, but I mean, still, like, he putting the carries, but I mean, he still just seems like a luxury pick. You didn't need him. Yeah, you didn't. You really didn't. Uh, Zay Jones is coming out strong. 10 receptions, 85 yards. Christian Kirk making it seem that he was worth all the money that the Jaguars gave him. And the Jacksonville Jaguars look like a really solid football team. Like Doug Peterson doing work, man, on that team. You like yeah. it is it's a complete turnaround for them next from last year. And you love to see it, honestly. Next week's Jaguars game is gonna be very interesting. Against the Eagles, right? In Philly? Against the Eagles. It was in Jacksonville, actually. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert threw for 300 yards with broken ribs, including a nice throw to Jalen Guyton. By the way, I saw that he tore his ACL and he's out for the year. That is a big blow. Uh, no Keenan Allen, but still 38 to 10. This was a show. This was the day all the this was the day all the Chargers died. Uh, <laughs> Rashawn Slater out for the year with a torn bicep. Uh, Joey Bosa out for I think he's my questionable for next week if not he's going to miss some yeah. time with the groin injury as you said Guyton done for the year with an ACL injury uh who was the center they got from Green Bay a few years Corey ago Lindsley. Corey Lindsley, Lindsley also an injury uh, yeah. as well so pretty pretty big yeah, the, and uh, Jackson too JC Jackson they're missing five starters we were, on that team we were talking about the Chargers a couple couple uh weeks ago and we're like man if if they miss the playoffs again there's got to be some serious issues here and you know, it's not looking good to uh, to start. It it really does break my heart though for that team though because every year I feel like they're the one like team where we always talk about them. We're like, if they can just fix X position group and put some money into it, if they can really shore this up, it'll be great. And they, and they did. And they shored up all those positions, and now they're all hurt. Yeah, and they tried to. All right, I'm gonna be real. I didn't see much of Rams Cardinals. Um, you know, Rams won 20 to 12. Cooper Cup, you know, four receptions, 44 yards. Uh, Rushing touchdown, though. Yeah. Tyler Murray threw for 314 yards. Uh, Hollywood Brown, 17 targets. Oh, my God. Greg Dorich as well. Nine yeah, catches, I, 80 I, yards. I picked him up in the uh, in our keeper league, Crush, Greg Dorich. And I, I'm considering starting him this week. Um, But, yeah, you know. Arizona's been again up and down. Um, Rams two and one. Kyler Murray was all upset after this loss. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, wouldn't you be the? Co- I mean, the COD bait is over. What's he going to do when he goes home? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. All right, the battle of the bird teams resulted in the Falcons getting a road win over the Seattle Seahawks, 27-23. Um, Marks Mariota threw for a touchdown, ran one in as well. Cordell Patterson, 141 yards on the ground. And us fantasy owners, Kyle Pitts was involved. Yes, he was. About time. Yeah. I, mean, I know, like, I know, Trish, we were talking about this on the last episode. We were all getting upset about that comment the coach made saying, oh, like, Smith? Yeah, he's like, this isn't fantasy football. This is real football. You know, yeah, no, I'll no, target- it is fantasy football. <laughs> Listen, yeah, well, yeah, it is. He it is said the, that and then proceeded the next game to target Kyle Pitts like a motherfucker. So, like, he can say that all he wants, but as long as he keeps targeting Kyle Pitts like he did, I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
that's he's got to read the room too. You know, he's a coach that's that's been struggling again. Though his roster that he was given is not pretty. Um, no, but that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, read. The Make room. it work, and also yeah. don't tell me you're not going to target your best player because of the good of the team. He's your best fucking player. Target him. You know, there's two pass catchers in Atlanta that were drafted top 10, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. You know, make sure that those are the guys that gets tar- that get targeted because if you target them, sure enough, look at what happens. You win. Yeah. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> it's a revolutionary concept. Good job again to win Atlanta. Uh, all right. Ugly game. Ugly an, game ugly, an ugly game in Tampa Bay. By the way, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Tampa as Hurricane Ian's about to hit um, probably within the next 24 hours or so. But a brutal game out of Tampa between the Bucks and the Packers. 14-12, Green Bay gets the win. And as you just said, John, this was, this was not pretty. Well, so far this season, Tom Brady has shown, I feel, every bit of his age. That is correct. Ah. He, he finally looks human. And maybe Tony was on something when he said, like, it, he's not going to show as much with the final, with, with this being potentially the final year. But the guys- well, I honestly think a lot of what this boils down to is like in the past, he's always had his support of his family and everybody behind him. And now he just, you know, he left the game to be with his family. And now obviously something happened at home where he decided that it wasn't worth it and he wanted to come back to the game. I think he doesn't have the full support of his family, and I think it's it's uh it's wearing wearing away at him in a way. Yeah, but but I mean I mean I get that. I mean that, that's definitely a possibility. But I mean, you guys like look at his receiving core. He's like they, it, they yeah. died they died on him. And everyone's oh. like Evans suspended this week. Uh, Chris yeah. Godwin. Yeah. Uh, no Julio. No Julio. Russell Gage had an all right game, but I mean. Uh, this like in general, I mean, his receiving cast. He was like Brashad Perriman and Leonard and like Cameron Braid had the second most targets on the team. It looks like from that from from the stats, yeah. man. That's not like a recipe to win. Plus, they're dealing with injuries on the O line. Five targets, Scotty Miller, and yeah, that's the other thing I was going to mention. That O line is a skeleton of what it was last year. So I'll give them some time. I mean, that defense has looked every bit as good as years past. So. I will still give them a lot, give Brady of, of all of all people the benefit of the doubt to get it together once as everyone gets more healthy. Plus, I mean, we've already we've seen in the last few years what a team like Denver did, what Peyton Manning, the husk of him, you know, at an insane Super Bowl quality defense. Brady is much better than that still. Yeah, and Manning was man was still doing slinging the rock out in Denver, but that last year he just he fell apart, but still the strength of the defense was able to will him to the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers defense is strong enough to do that, too. Oh, 100%. Speaking of other teams, teams. Speaking, speaking of ugly games, the Sunday night football game was a hard, hard watch, gentlemen. Why was this Sunday night football? Uh, they, should, they should be flexing some of these games. I mean, Broncos beat the Niners 11-10. Much like the Bears Texans game, nobody should be happy with this one. Also, was it Tony that was a Jimmy G supporter? Tony, I'm a Jimmy G supporter. supporter. John, you're a Jimmy G supporter, right? I'm an, I'm, 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 Who's I'm, a known Jimmy G supporter? Because any known Jimmy G supporter should be outed right now. I'm How still, I'm an avid Jimmy G to the Broncos. Listen, <laughs> I will, I'm still an avid Jimmy G supporter after this game. 
I, I will say this. Taking a safety was the right move. Ow. <laughs> taking the safety was the right move. It's better than throwing a pick six. <laughs> throwing a safety was the right move. What, what would you do? You'd throw the pick six. You wouldn't have had time to think. you throw the ball IQ out of play. bounds, John. It's a 100 IQ play. It's okay. It's... <laughs> We don't, under, we, don't under, we don't understand it because we've never been in the NFL, man. It's, it's okay. Right. <laughs> no, but certainly, certainly what it is. No, here's listen, I'm I have been the biggest Jimmy G supporter in weeks past and you know, seasons past. This was an ugly game for him. This is a tough one for me, you know, to look at. But this is this is Jimmy G. This is what you this is what you take. You take the good with the bad. He unfortunately has a lot of bad. That's the maddening part with him. And as we watched the play of him stepping out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> the, look, look at how far back like he goes out of the end zone too. Like, I mean, yes, he, he only toe tapped, but like he was on the two yard line too. He went all the way back and just did a, did a hook. Seven step drop back in your own end zone. is not. See, why, why drop all the way back to, to tap out to then just throw the interception anyway? Was it to like you know? Look at this play action, false hope, and and there he goes. Yeah, Listen, he just wanted he just wanted to you know give the defense a little bit of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good guy, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but despite the win, I don't think Denver could really be proud of themselves the way Russ, you know, didn't cook. Wasn't we were just saying this about the last game we talked about? Is this another case? Of a Peyton man, another is Denver doing the same thing again? Do they, are they going to run back with a? a, a old, I think old, that's what they're really trying to do. Quarterback whose body is now failing him. How do you think it's going to work? I think that's absolutely what they're trying to do, but I do not think that they have a defense nearly on par with what it was when Peyton Manning went there in 2015. Yeah, I, I think there are also a lot of young – they're a younger group, too. I also want to point out this tweet by Dan Orlovsky. I've never been happier for Edom. Finally, that, that, man is, that, that man has had visions of himself and Jet being chased by Jared Allen out of his own end zone for years, and now, now, now he can finally sleep. As as I you watch know. as I watch the video of Dan Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone, like he was back in the back of the end zone for a while too. Listen, Jared, listen, if you have someone like that running running at you, it, I, I mean, I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I, I can't say I wouldn't do the same. Anyway, Broncos somehow two and one and first in the AFC West. Lord knows how. Um the arms race that we thought it was going to be has really not shown itself so far with the 0-3 Raiders and the 1-2 Chargers. Monday night football. With the Dallas referees versus the New York Giants. Bullshit in this game. The, yeah. cow- the Cowboys, and depending on who you ask, the referees, defeat the New York Giants 23-16. to and Trish, you probably watched more of this game than I did. Um, what what did you see? <clears throat> Listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the Giants played well. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Daniel Jones definitely didn't play well. The O line definitely didn't play well. Uh, it was it was a clusterfuck from from jump. 
Kenny Galladay is still a useless piece of shit. He can't do anything. Three targets, zero receptions, zero yards. The man cannot bring a ball in. Daniel Jones has got to start getting frustrated soon because he is hitting some of these receivers in their hands, directly in their hands, and it is going nowhere. Sterling Shepard, 10 targets, only five receptions for 49 yards. And and he's out for the year with a torn ACL, too, non-contact injury. And he's now hurt. It's, you know, and Daniel Jones is getting hit every other play. It, it, you know, he can't take three seconds with the ball before he's just completely swallowed. The O-line is not any better. It is absolutely atrocious. The only bright spots in this game for the Giants were really Danny Dimes. A couple throws that he had were really nice. And then just Saquon Barkley absolutely opening it up on the field is always beautiful to see. Yeah, this was a gorgeous run. Yeah, he does. He does. He does none and then just opened up. It was a and he did a really good jump cut, too. Um, And that's the thing with what Saquon's done all year long. And really his entire career is those jump cuts right off the back. There is very few things in football that are prettier to see than a healthy Saquon Barkley doing jump cuts right off the bat. So, I mean, it gives me hope. Listen, this team is still two and one. They still have a lot of potential. I think they're still, you know, obviously in this game, they still kept it close. They just couldn't finish that fourth quarter is really what killed them. Uh, The defense kind of fell apart a little bit more towards the end of the game. Um, it was again, it, it looked all the way up until the very end of that game. I thought they had a chance to bring it back. It just didn't end up going their way. Uh, no, I, I didn't get to watch m- much of this game, uh, a lot of it, but like uh, I saw Kayvon Thibodeau made a res- uh, his debut for the Giants last night, the number five overall pick. How do you do? Did you see him out there? Uh, I didn't see him that much. No, what were his stats like? Oof. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau in particular, as I look it up on NFL.com, Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't even see his name listed. You, you, don't see his, you don't see his name listed. I do see Aziz Ojolari. I see uh, Dory Jackson, Tay Crowder, Dexter Lawrence. Um, also, I mean, really, played, he didn't let up anything huge, so that's good. It re- really wasn't a, a good game from Evan Neal either from what I saw on Twitter. Um. But here, uh, there you go. Kayvon Thibodeau gets in the face of Cooper Rush, too. Causes CD oh. Lamb to drop a pass. Causes him pre- getting pressures, you know. Can't expect him to be, like, lighting it off, lighting up, lighting him up, like, right off the bat, like, out of, like, in his first game back from injury. But definitely getting pressure. That's what yeah. you want to see, definitely. Anyway, the Cowboys with Cooper Rush are 2-0. and And the Giants are 2-1 and in is shaped up to be a competitive AFC East or NFC East so far. All righty, on to week number four. Uh, the NFL season so far has been wild. There's no reason to suggest that week four will be any different. Uh, let's start with Thursday night football, which is actually going to be a pretty good game, I think. Uh, the Miami Dolphins taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, the hot tips that Zach was able to send me. Uh, each of the Bengals' last eight games have gone under the total points line, and the Bengals have covered the spread in each of their last seven games against teams that have held a winning record. Tony is taking the Dolphins. I am taking the Dolphins, and Tom is taking the Dolphins as well. John, who are you going to go with? I, I, I 
don't think the Bengals are that great, honestly. I, I still think the Dolphins are better. I'm not going to say the Dolphins are better than the Bills, but the Dolphins are better than the Bengals. That's the, the steps in the error right now. <laughs> so, so you're going Miami? Uh, Trish, who have you got, Dolphins or Bengals? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the Dolphins here. Clean sweep for the Finns. By the way, that game is on Amazon Prime. Sunday, 9.30 a.m., NFL Network. We are heading across the pond to London, England, where the Minnesota Vikings will take on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, uh, Tom is taking the Vikings. Tony's taking the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings as well. The Saints have won 18 of their last 19 games in October. 18 of their last 19. That is more than I thought. And eight of the last... Eight of the Saints' last 10 games have gone under the total points line. With that said, give me the Vikings in London. Sean? Yep, uh, I, I agree with that. Give me the Vikings by a country mile. Uh, Trish, Vikings or Saints? Uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this one. I think they're going to need a bounce-back win here, and I think they're going to get it. That's true. They do need a – they are definitely a team that needs a, uh, a bounce-back after – Losing to Carolina last week. Oh, yeah. One o'clock on CBS. The Browns travel to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The hot tips for this game. Uh, the Falcons have failed to cover the spread in each of their last nine games following a win. And the Falcons have lost nine of their last 10 games at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Tony has taken the Browns. Tom is taking the Browns. Zach is taking the Browns. By the way, Zach is also taking the Dolphins and the Vikings. Uh, give me the Browns as well on the road here. Uh, John, who do you have? Browns I'm, or a third team? I'm definitely going to take the Browns up. I think one thing of NFL news we forgot to mention, Miles Garrett's car accident. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. That's uh yeah uh Miles Garrett swerving out of the uh, out of the road because I I believe a deer and animals in the road yeah. left his car. I believe I mean, it's no like nothing like nothing serious it's like a shoulder strain but it is uh in question to see if he's going to play this game but even with that being said i, I am still going to take the browns i feel like they got a lot of ta- more talent yeah i i did see that and glad you mentioned that because i absolutely forgot because of the thursday night game but yeah miles garrett thankfully he is okay but still that is a scary scary injury um but john you are taking cleveland uh trish browns or falcons yeah i'm gonna take the browns as well Clean sweep. Kobe Brisket and them boys have been uh, impressing recently. One o'clock, also on CBS, the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens take on each other at MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Of course, the Bills coming off a devastating loss to the Miami Dolphins. Your hot tips for this one 10 of the Ravens' last 15 games have gone over the total points line at home. And the Bills have covered the spread in each of their last four games as favorites following a loss. Zach is taking the Bills. Tony's taking the Bills. Tom is taking the Bills. I am also going to take the Bills. As I hear a ringtone in the background from somebody. Um, uh, was, was that you, John? I think that was Trish. Um, but uh, anyway, so then a uh, what are you saying, though, Eric? Bills, the Bills are Bills are bird team. Oh yeah, uh, I think I think you got to go with the Bills here, man. If you ask me, just I think they're going to be coming for a. They're in desperate need of a come, you know, a, a comeback from after like that brutal loss from Miami. This is it going to be a 
very much of a statement game, though, whoever wins this. I think Lamar and Allen both are trying to go for MVP this year. So I'll say this. I'm I'm not a big better, but I definitely go over here. 52 points is the over-under on Barstool. Uh, Trek, Bills or Ravens? I am going to be taking the Bills. I am sorry about my phone. Um, <laughs> as, as he yawns. <laughs> I'm going to be taking the Bills here. Uh, I definitely think Josh Allen needs to come back from that loss uh, to Miami. And I also think that uh, this game is going to be very fun to watch. It's going to be very offensively heavy, and it's going to be just an epic battle. This is the game I'm probably going to be watching at the 1 o'clock window, by the way, Bills-Ravens. One o'clock on Fox, an NFC East battle between the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Does Dak Prescott come back? We don't know. Uh, Each of the Cowboys' last seven home games against Washington have gone over the total points line, and the Cowboys have won each of their last seven games. They are on a seven-game win streak against the NFC East. Uh, Tony is taking the Cowboys. Tom is taking the Commanders. Zach is taking the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. Um, I think whether or not Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott starts, I think the Cowboys get it done. Uh, John, who do you have? Yeah, I am not a believer in Washington at home this year. Give me the Cowboys, no matter who's starting. I don't even need a. I don't John, even need John a Dak just, John just burying Washington. <laughs> I don't need no. I don't need, even need a clause or Dak clause or anything. Just Cowboys. <laughs> look at look at you flex. I don't need a clause. There's no reason for it. <laughs> Uh, Trish, who you got, Cowboys or Commanders? I am going to be taking the Cowboys here. I think they're going to beat the Commanders. Uh, so Tom is the only one, the Carson Wentz fan of the group, uh, going with uh, going with Washington. One o'clock on Fox, the Seattle Seahawks traveled to Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions, the hot tips for this one. The Lions have covered the spread in each of their last six home games, and each of the, Lion, each of the Lions' last five games have gone over the total points line. Tom is taking the Lions. Tony's taking the Lions. Zach's taking the Lions. I'll just say it is anybody taking the Seahawks. Silence is golden. Yes, yes. Your silence is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> the silence from, from both of you is the answer I need to know. Uh, one o'clock on CBS. I think this is good. This one's going to be another one where I think silence might be the answer. The LA Chargers are traveling down to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. The Chargers have lost each of their last three games as road favorites. And the Texans have covered the spread in each of their last five games against AFC opponents. Uh, all three, Tony, Tom, and Zach, are all taking the Chargers. Is anybody taking the Texans? No Herbert Claus needed this week. Nope. Oh, no. The one Texans, o'clock. The, the, the Texans, man, they that was one of the most ugly games I've ever seen the last week against the, the Bears, so... I, I don't think that I could was... ever justify taking them for the rest of the year, honestly. Wow, the rest of the year. I mean, unless they play like Carolina. Okay, no, now I need to look at the Texans schedule because I want to hold you to that. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, it, it was not inspiring of a lot of confidence. 
I mean, they yeah. obviously will win a game, but it's like he had pictured them as a favorite, you know. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking at their upcoming schedule. They got a game against Jacksonville, the Raiders, the Titans, the Eagles, the Giants, the Commanders. Yeah, John, you know what? I don't blame you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not I, saying I'm look- they can't win. I'm just saying that they should not be they, I like by any Vegas like standards, they will not be favored in any of these games. I will say I, this. I, I can say that. The podcast before December 4th, when we make our picks for Browns Texans, somebody's taking the Texans. I don't know who. Somebody will. Oh, oh wait, that's the revenge game. That's that's the only one that you're right. You're right. <laughs> that might be a clean sweep for us in favor of Houston. I'm just saying. So true. Sticking in the AFC South, one o'clock on Fox. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Tony's taking the Colts. Tom's taking the Colts. Zach is taking the Colts. I'm actually going to take the Titans here. Uh, as an underdog, I think last week against the Raiders was a big step in the right direction for Tennessee. Uh, your fast facts for this game, courtesy of Barstool Sportsbook, are that the that each of the Colts' last eight games have gone under the total points line. That's no surprise. And the Colts have won each of their last 10 games against teams that have held a losing record. So I'm going to go Tennessee. Everybody else so far, Zach, Tom, and Tony have gone Indianapolis. John, who are you taking? I'm with you here, Eric. Uh, I think this division goes through Tennessee as far as the, the Colts are concerned. Uh, like, in, it, like it still goes through Tennessee. They have to be Tennessee for them to have a chance at this. And I mean, as it is right now, they still have an upward hill to climb with Jacksonville still sitting at two and one. If they want to eventually take the division. But I still think that Tennessee, I think Derrick Henry and that defense still are, is going to be enough to take out an aging Matt Ryan and, they can probably just game plan around J- Jonathan Taylor. Reminder that last game that the Titans played in, Indiana- in Indianapolis went to overtime and it ultimately started the demise of Indianapolis's season. Uh, Trish, Titans or Colts? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to make this easy for you guys. Okay. Who have the Titans beaten this season? They beat the Raiders by two. Okay. Who have the Colts beaten this season? They beat the Chiefs by three. Okay. I'm going to go with the Colts. <laughs> Luke win. I, I, knew, I knew John was going to say that now. I will say this. I think I think this is a big game, though. Like, we're going to look back on this one, potentially for the AFC South, and think, wow, like, week three might be the, the one. But still, John brings up a good point with Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, um, I mean. People like like people are sleeping on them still. Like we're actually like we're talking about Tennessee and the Colts. Like they're some like inevitable that they're going to come back and take the lead. But Jacksonville has looked really impressive out of the gates. One o'clock on Fox, the in a game that could be a very ugly, but in a game that may also make some people here very happy. The Chicago Bears are heading to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Giants. 12 of the last Giants' 14 home games have gone under the total points line, and the Bales, the the Bales, the Bears have failed to cover the spread in seven of their last eight road games against NFC opponents. All three, Tony, Tom, and Zach, are all going Giants. I'm going to go Giants as well. I might as well get this one out of the way first. Trish, I assume you're going Big Blue. Big Blue. Yep. I knew that one was coming on, on script. John, Bears or Giants? I will never take the Chicago Bears again. 
Wow. Is, is that like, is that oh, okay? So, okay. <laughs> so now I look I just, at the bear schedule. I like, I picked them to go into this year. Eric, you remember this? I picked them to have two wins. I think you had him, I thought you had them at one win. I had them to win two games. Oh my God. The Bears have the Packers, Eagles, and Bills in three straight games. They're going to be in December. They're going to, they're going to be two and four. Their their Christmas Eve game is a home game against Buffalo. <laughs> I like I feel very confident that the Bears should not be favored in many okay. in any of these games that they're playing. Okay, of. so I will say this, John. You mentioned earlier about Robert Sala and the Jets. I will say this: if there is trouble with the Bears game on November twenty seventh, you have legitimate reason. I like at that point, I will I'll be questioning my like my reasons for watching the NFL to begin with, if that happens. Wow. That's, that's tough. Like, that would, that like that, I would have to, I would have to rethink some things. <laughs> One o'clock on CBS in a game that many of us assumed was going to be written off week four. Uh, but it might end up being one of the more competitive games. The two and one Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Lincoln financial field to take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tony is taking the Jaguars. Tom is taking the Eagles. Zach is taking the Jaguars. I'm going to go Eagles at home. The Eagles have looked very, very impressive so far to start the year. Um, John, who are you taking, Eagles or Jaguars? Listen, let us, let's go, Birds. I'm taking the Eagles here. We're finally taking the Bird team. Yeah, I do not think that Doug Peterson has it in him for a revenge game. I think this Eagles team, top to bottom, is just two stacked at every position group. And Jacksonville, while they can, they could probably keep very competitive. And honestly, they may, they can even lead at some points in this. I think Philly's going to take this. The two hot tips from Barstool are very interesting in this one. The Eagles have covered the spread in eleven of their last fifteen October games at Lincoln Financial Field, but this is the big one, boys. The Jaguars have lost each of their last seventeen games against NFC opponents. No, I'm taking the Jags anyway. You are taking the Jags. <clears throat> yes, I am. I have faith. So pretty split vote uh, between the Jaguars and the Eagles. Okay, John. One o'clock on CBS. The one and two New York Jets are taking on the one and two Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you want to take I'm a taking, guess? I'm taking. I'm taking. Wait, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say you want to take a guess as to who picked what for this game. I'm going to get guess everyone picked the Steelers except me. No, Zach took the Jets. <laughs> My boy. All right. Me and Zach riding with the Jets. If they lose this game, God help. God help me. God help what what like what like what you get like our listeners to this next episode, the rage that they're gonna have to hear. Hey, hey, John. You're not alone. I'm taking the Jets as well. Oh man. I actually believe that the Jets, uh, this, uh, this is a game that I said, again, John, you're only three and a half point dogs on Barstool Sportsbook. Um, the hot tip is that the Steelers have failed to cover the spread in nine of their last 10 games as favorites. And the Steelers have lost four of their last five games as favorites against AFC opponents. Trish, are you going with John and I, or are you going to go with the picnics? No, I'm going to go with, uh, with the Steelers on this one. I really you, hope I like there's a part of me that really wants to see what happens next week. 
if, if they, they lose, if, if the Steelers end up winning this game, they listen, they are going to win this game is the funny thing, but I'm going to take well, the Jets because they can't lose this game. Right. But like they are going to lose this game. This, this is one of this one of those games where I said at the beginning of the year, it's winnable. This is a winnable game. I yeah. also said that about the Browns game. I ended up getting and they won right, but by a but by like the luckiest by, circumstance, by the hair of your chinny chin chin, John. Listen, I don't. I, I'll take a win, and I'll like a win's a win. Like if if Mitch Trubisky wants to freaking fumble it off of his own lineman's ass or something in the back of his own end zone, and it comes out rolls out for a safety, and we win, that as time expires, by all means, I don't <laughs> care how we win, as long as we win. It sounded very insightful. Wow. 405 on Fox. The one and two Arizona Cardinals head to Carolina to take on the one and two Carolina Panthers. Uh, the hot tips for this game is that the Cardinals have won nine of their last 11 road games. Wow. And the Panthers have failed to cover the spread in each of their last seven games against teams that held a losing record. Everybody has picked the Arizona Cardinals, Zach, Tony, and Tom. I'm going with them and taking the Arizona Cardinals. John, are you on board and taking Arizona as well? I will also take the bird team, but I want to say that I know that this team, like the Cardinals are not exactly the worst. Like they're not like as bad as like say the bears are. This might be the worst game of the week though. It just has potential to be it. The Carolina's defense is, Pretty decent. You you do you do know that there's that there's Bears Giants up there, right? Yeah, yes, but this I'm just saying I could easily see like have you seen the Cardinals in the first half the last few weeks? That's true. And Is by the way, to- we I know I'm gonna get flack for this. I have the Giants winning this game. I do. I just don't think it's gonna be a, a very pretty win. Oh no. It's, I also think I also low key think Titans Colts could be could be ugly as well. Um because there, there's, there's some there's some ugly games. So I actually think Jet Steelers could be ugly as well. Um, there's a lot of potential for ugly games on this on this on under, this slate. Big week for the under. Uh, Trish, are you taking Arizona or Carolina? I'm going to be going with uh, the cards here. I don't think uh, Carolina can do anything here. Clean sweep for the Cardinals. Nationally televised game of the week, 425 on CBS, Lambeau Field. The New England Patriots with Brian Hoyer at the helm, traveling to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, All three of Zach, Tony, and Tom are taking on the Packers. I'm going Green Bay as well. Are Are either of you guys taking New England? Hell no. You are you are afraid of Brian Hoyer, and I I completely understand that. I, I I would not want to put that much faith in Brian Hoyer as well. The hot tips from for this game are that the Packers have covered their spread in each of their last six games, six home games against teams that have held a losing record, and each of the Packers' last four games have gone under the total points line. AFC West battle at in Las Vegas, Sin City. Uh, the Denver Broncos traveling to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Tony is going with the Raiders. Tom is going with the Raiders. Zach is going with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. I think they get their first win uh, of the season against the division rival Broncos. John, who do you have, Raiders or Broncos? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm riding the sea of black on this one. I'm going with the Raiders. I don't really... 
see much that Denver has shown in the last few weeks to inspire much confidence. And I think the Raiders are in desperate need of a get a get right win. Yeah, and this could be absolutely the get right win. Uh, the hot tips for this game are that each of the Raiders' last five home games against Denver have gone under the total points line, and the Raiders have won each of their last six home games against Denver. Trish, are you with us? Are you going with the silver and black? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just – Denver sucks, man. <laughs> they do. This is the Daniels revenge game, too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, ain't, ain't no way Josh McDaniels is losing against the Broncos. There's no way. Sunday night football. For now, it's being played in Raymond James Stadium, but there's rumors that the game could be moved to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The 2-1 Kansas City Chiefs taking on the 2-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a rematch of Super Bowl 55. The Buccaneers have covered the spread in 10 of their last 14 home games. Again, not sure if it's going to be played in Tampa Bay or not due to Hurricane Ian. And five of the Chiefs' last six road games have gone over the total points line. Tony's taking the Chiefs. Tom is taking the Chiefs. Zach is taking the Buccaneers. I'm going to say that the Chiefs get the win, something that they could not do in Super Bowl 55. John, Chiefs or Buccaneers? Will the Buccaneers have Mike Evans? And like, I, Mike Evans was only suspended a week. Correct? Yeah, it was, it was only suspended one game. And so I assume, I believe I assume Mike Evans will be back. And I think Godwin might be back too. Can I have an injury clause for this one based on receivers or no? I mean, I, I get that's a little bit. Much. Oh, okay, okay. How many receivers in particular here, John? This isn't. Okay. This, so isn't, this is Godwin, I guess. This isn't I mean, he's making deal. Okay. <laughs> So Buccaneers, Godwin Godwin, Buccaneers with a Godwin clause. I can't yes. wait until Tony sees this this note that I'm going to send to him. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, Chris Godwin. I, I can't believe we're. I can't believe Chris Godwin is clause worthy. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the Godwin clause, whether or not. Listen, Brady. Cool. Brady just needs help. That's all he needs. I guarantee you, we'll get. He can get results if he has weapons. Who was the one like two years ago that had the Gronk clause? The who? The, the Gronk? Somebody clause? had a Gronk. Somebody had a Gronk clause. Might have been Trish. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, they were like, if, if if Gronk plays, can I get a clause? Like, yeah, I'll give you a clause. Fine. I can't believe Chris Godwin's getting a clause. Okay. <laughs> Trish, Chiefs. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. <laughs> see, see, John. <laughs> he's a good player. I know he's a good player. He's not clause worthy here. You don't think so? No. Don't think he's Why? Like, I, I listen. He's I'm, giving it, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> See, I'm nice because Tony, I think, would say no. Go screw yourself, John. I'm, like, I'm, exp- I'm fully expecting that. Like he's gonna be like, you can't get a Godwin clause. What do you want? Like, <laughs> and we had some of the strangest clauses last year. I remember, but. And the sad part is, I think I was the one that started because I was like, can I get it for, I think, I forget who it was. But I was like, if so-and-so's not starting, can I get a clause? And all of a sudden, like, we're getting clauses now. Monday Night Football, Rams at 49ers. Monday Night Football on ESPN. ESPN 2, we got a Manning cast this week. Uh, Each of the 49ers' last six games have gone under the total points line, and the Niners have covered the spread in each of their last five games against the Rams. 
Tony's going Rams. Tom's going Rams. Zach's going Rams. I'm going to go with the Niners getting the home win here. I know it wasn't inspiring how they played against Denver, but they've always played the Rams tough. John, so I just want to say uh, I just conferred with Tony, and he has confirmed that that will not be accepted. There will be no Chris Godwin clause. Fuck. Okay, give me the Chiefs. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm not happy about this. His exact response was, LOL, no. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that the quote? That was the, the direct. Yep, there it is. No Godwin clause. He just put it in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and call Tony, see if he... Tony, you are on the podcast. Yeah, no, no Godwin clause. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Why not? I join the Zoom call. It wouldn't let me for some reason. No Godwin clause, John. No, come on. <laughs> He's a game changer, man. John, you don't get clauses for a team's number two wide receiver. I hate to take it to you. It's 1A, 1B situation. No, it's not. It is not 1A, 1B. Godwin's played, what, two drives the whole season? No, Joe. No. I'll I'll take the Chiefs. Have it your way. But you bum ass. (laughs) Godwin, no Godwin. The Chiefs will win that game by 20. Tony, you all, you also you also missed earlier, and I told you I was like I can't wait until Tony gets this recording. He also said uh, John said he's already at his breaking point with Robert Sala. He is this close. Oh, it's been three games. That's cool. Three games in a back of quarterback. That's awesome, John. <laughs> yeah, because the back of quarterback plays defense, Tony. That's right. Well, I mean, if he played better, the defense would play better. It means they're on the field less. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard it all before. You listen. You weren't here, Tony. You missed that opportunity to, to rant about the Jets. Yeah, instead of just roasting you for wanting a Chris Godwin clause. <laughs> That's listen. like saying you get a Kadarius Tony clause on the Giants. Go fuck yourself. You get a Nico Collins clause on the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. No, John. Not how that one works. I know. Okay, fine. You can get rid of my Duvernay clause on the Ravens. Nobody told me about the Herbert clause everybody had until like the Friday beforehand. <laughs> okay, fine. No more clauses. The only one who didn't have the Herbert clause, I think, was Trish. Yeah, I didn't take it. I straight up took the he Jags. straight up took the Jags, and he gets it credit for that. Matter. The Jags beat Herbert. It, like, they, they got beat, them right. They the hell out of them. <laughs> All right, g- goodbye. All right, goodbye. goodbye, Tony. You're getting a feature cred for this, Tony. Good. So, Barry, straight straight from the man himself. <laughs> you will not get your Godwin clause, and you will like it. Now, John, give me Rams or Niners. <laughs> I almost forgot we had a game to pick. Give me the, the Rams. Fucking Rams. Give Everyone's me the fucking Rams. going to take the Rams. If you don't take the Rams, you're wrong. Fred Williams died on the field because of Jimmy Garoppolo last in, the, in safety. Okay, so I, I don't have any faith in the Niners. That's that's pretty much their MVP. The safety I, pick six. I, the safety I, pick six. I'm I'm just still laughing at Tony's Tony's call. That was a great that was a great interjection, right? There. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, so, so that's going to wrap up this episode of Too Many Men. Oh, my God. 
Uh, every episode of the Two Me Men Sports Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. We might see the end of John next week if the Jets lose this game on Sunday. Right. You might see a man implode on live audio. That's that's a scary, <laughs> scary thought. <laughs> anyway, we will can't see- wait to see it, John. <laughs> we will see you later this week for another episode of Too Many Men. Bye, everybody. <laughs>